Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast, your top automotive refinishing podcast with your hosts, Corey Kleinfeld and Ryan Brewer. Enjoy the show, guys. Welcome back to the Masters of Recon podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Austin Henneberry. He has been around the reconditioning business since 1993 and purchased his PDR business from his dad in 2019, but he can't fix a dent. Welcome to the show, Austin. <laughs> How was it? Thanks, nice right, nail it? Yep. Perfect. Yeah. Um, so one of the questions that we get a lot, and we don't have to start here, but like I, I took over business from, from my dad. There's a lot of second gener- generation people coming. And one of the things that stood out to both me and Ryan originally is that you're running a PDR PDR business and other stuff, but a PDR business, but you don't know how to fix a dent. So yeah. how did that happen? How'd you, why'd you, how'd you buy a business from your dad? You can't even fix a dent. That's crazy. Yeah. So I, and growing up in the industry, I mean, there's um, entertaining photos uh, when we first got started in 93. I mean, you know, I'm just a handful of three years old at that point. Yeah. And um, yeah, because we're coming up on our 30th year. It's our 30th anniversary right now this year. Yeah, that's cool. Nice. And um Growing up, and there's fun photos of me work around the cars, you know, whether hailstorms that had hit or from our retail locations that we had across the state of Wisconsin. And just growing up, and I'm just like, always thought I was going to be in the business. And then um, high school, I worked out of one of our retail facilities as a, a manager there, assistant manager. Became assistant manager for the manager, and but able to alleviate all his responsibilities at 16 years old. Uh, 2006 major hailstorm came through and took care of that stuff and um then summers in college and was working for the business a little bit just for two years and you know my old man always said you know don't be a pdr tech it's slimy don't worry about it um you don't need to be here you're you're headed down a different path um being in industry and whatnot so i went to college engineering school and Next thing, one led to another, had some good success outside in the real world on things. And mm-hmm. the father's he was downsizing, looking to retire and decided to buy the business and take it to the next level. And I think I've only fixed technically on a panel, uh, one dime size dent. And then I got a photo of this in 2006 and it took nice. me 30 minutes on a deck lid of a Toyota Camry. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Corners so, all day long. I take it back. I take it back. You can fix a dent. All right, you one can dent. Fix <laughs> you can fix a dent. A dent. Um, so that, I think that's fascinating. Like you said, uh, can you remind me which which city you're located? City and state. Yeah, so we're what? in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, uh, Wisconsin. suburb okay, of cool. Milwaukee, of Milwaukee yeah. which is Brookfield. Gotcha. So you're running a business that does retail dents. It does um, hail damage. Uh, you have guys that service dealerships yep. and I believe, and you can correct me, you do all kinds of other stuff too. Yeah. Uh, all yeah. kinds of other reconditioning things. So talk about, talk about, um, I guess, talk about first what you guys do at the, at the retail facility and then what you added from, from after you bought it. Yeah. So after I bought the business, um, it was just strictly just dense, you just know, PDR, they, had, yeah. they had just PDR and it was, you know, Austin specialize, be a very be a niche business. Mm-hmm. And, and so I took that to heart for the first, cause you know, I didn't want to, uh, the first year and a little bit, I didn't want to rock anything yet. So I was trying to really understand, you know, while I grew up in business, you know, what's changing, you know, at that time, not ashamed to say it. I mean, up until a little while ago, um, two years ago or so, we were still using carbon copies, papers, 
because it was quick, it was efficient with the volume of people coming in and, and make it easy on the technicians. That's what they preferred. Old school, our technicians are very loyal and with us a long time. And it was just, didn't go, didn't go move to uh, mobile tech. And so, so it just started making this shift, you know, as I'm starting to get, you know, reading more of what's out there and, um, you know, obviously changing across my estimating approach. And that's the thing that anybody that's worked for me or with me is how the heck can you estimate these cars and actually understand and um, that can pick out stuff that when panels have been repainted from not just, you know, a mile away when they're that bad, but going through in the intricacies and understanding that. And they keep saying, I'll make a heck of a technician if I ever wanted to. <laughs> but but it, it is is taking it the back step. So when I started, so I started moving from just dense because my retail customer base has been very loyal. We've been in the same facility since 1995. And awesome. at, as that's grown in that base, they would always ask us like, hey, who do you know can ceramic coat a car? Who do you know that can detail a car? And I'm like, well, I can ceramic coat a vehicle. I can detail a vehicle. <laughs> So, you know, in addition to, you know, estimating, you know, taking care of cleaning bathrooms, taking care of payroll, take care of everything. I was detailing cars then and ceramic coating the cars myself. So I started adding uh, ceramic coatings. Um, then it was, we that, was the, that was the first thing you added outside of PDR. Outside of PDR. Yep. And yeah. then that makes sense. We've talked about that a lot, Ryan. That's like a very logical, like a very logical first step. I mean, restore effects yeah. comes with 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 the ceramic coating too and stuff, but that, that's that's a very logical step. Sorry to interrupt you no, um, on that, but I think there's a lot of guys that that are adding multiple services. We talk a lot about that, but that that ceramic coating, paint correction, ceramic coating is seems to be the most common first step. And, and that is exactly because here in Wisconsin, you know, we have two seasons: winter and construction. So <laughs> basically, we we still what? have. <laughs> Winter and construction. Never heard that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Howard, I'm not ice fishing. Um, yeah. Um, so we had a, a very seasonal business. You know, those winter months, like how can we augment um, those rental winter months? You know, if you're sitting around, you know, you can only clean the shop so many times and organize sure, everything. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. So as we started adding that, next thing you know, we got our hand-painted pinstripes. Um, a friend of ours comes in, takes care of that for us, along with our paint protection films, using Expel. And so that, you know, between it's, it's a very complimentary service because the customers that were coming in, they're like, Hey, I want to take care of my vehicle. How can I protect my vehicle? What can I do? And so, I mean, I've sold more PPFs, full, full car PPFs, which is the best one and uh -huh. entertaining. I always think, um, and then tied on, they want ceramic coating on top of that. And I'm like, okay, well, you're just, you know, just give me a stack of cash and be gone and yeah, <laughs> yeah, for, like, for, for some of these customers, but you know, it's that growth uh, uh, of looking at it full from this from these customers. You know, a vehicle is their second largest purchase that they make, and and when you when you go thinking about that, with how especially the shift after COVID, I thought, COVID, what are we going to do with our business? And we still kept growing and expanding because people were looking at what the supply chain has done. They started to you know, there's a lot more. You look at what the household incomes have changed and house household debt uh, levels. And as that was starting to ratchet down and everything, part of that was because people weren't financing and buying new vehicles. So now they really want to take care of what they have. 
And, and you know, they, you know, there's, we had a lot of customers that they were leasing every two years. Now all of a sudden, like, hey, I want to, I'm going to keep buy this new vehicle. I want to keep it for five years or seven years and hit it to a certain mileage number. When they looked at the depreciation curve, I talked about a lot of that with, with, <laughs> with customers and, you know, what's at the right time to change out um, from that life cycle management. And they're just like, well, this makes a lot of sense. And I said, well, now how are you going to protect that to make sure it's always looking pristine? And um, so that's how the natural evolution, ceramic coating, PPF, hand-painted pinstripes, because every vehicle is boring without a nice hand-painted pinstripe. And now is we look at the average age of the vehicles in Wisconsin, you know, it's more than seven, eight years. I think I, think I saw the statistic a couple of months ago, it was like 11 and a half years. So the people that are still coming in with those three to, you know, eight-year-old vehicles, we have a lot of touch car washes here. And I don't know how many times I've written a published author on a couple of different articles out there on maintaining the exterior car. And they still go through these things. And they're starting to look dull and like, well, what can I do? You know, ceramic coat it. You know, I get all my paint correction, everything. And I said, but then where are you going? How are you going to wash your car? So, so that's where... The, an, an education for the customers, but then those customers are like, well, that ceramic coating, you know, I'm not going to spend $2,500, $3,000 on this. Well, what else can we do? And that's when Matt Ryan last year was working and induced restore effects. And that's where I saw this natural evolution for the customers for that sweet window of three to eight year old vehicles. And from a retail perspective, because, you know, wholesale. Mm -hmm. It's another different game, but from a retail market, that's where I really saw taking care of these customers and keep adding on all these additional services is important. Yeah, so you for, it's for a good it's for a good price. So that's what really got us uh, talking to you with the Restore Effects was you going from a three thousand dollar ticket to maybe a, a thousand or twelve hundred dollar ticket, or even lower than that in some cases. So oh, that's why. Well, you, I mean, you're like, a, I mean, hearing you sell, you're not only a business owner, you're like a, a phenomenal seller too. Jesus. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and he's talking about, I mean, just, yeah, listen to him because he's talking about, you know, the life cycle of vehicles and average age of vehicles, all that type of stuff that if you really want to own and grow a, a business mm -hmm. that changes the game in the market, that's the kind of stuff you're looking at. You know, you're not yeah. looking at trying to book a job for tomorrow. You're looking at the entirety of the situation out there in Milwaukee. So. Yep. Well, being able to relay that to the customer is huge because some of us are yeah. just moving so fast. We talked about this on the last podcast. We're moving so fast. We're just like, let me fix that dent, get out. You know, yeah. Austin yeah. has a different perspective where he's letting these customers know what it takes to keep that car nice because everything we do is a luxury service, right? Everything yeah. in the yeah, recon nothing, industry nothing's is needed. Yeah, yeah, nothing's needed. Just educate us. You get a better gas mileage with the hail damaged cars. Us golf golf ball effect and when i use that yeah. customers they laugh and, and, yeah. and when they think about it i said well you know you get your little half an half an mpg a little bit better and we give a whole history <laughs> lesson on how dimples on golf balls happen and i'm not a golfer either so i'm not a, I, i'm not a pdr tech and i'm not a golfer but i still talk right. uh, across <laughs> the side but it, it's just when you start looking at it from a customer's perspective and Ryan, you just made a good point of, you know, you're always just trying to quick fix a dent and move on to the next one. When you got, when you actually spend, and this is probably the thing that I could, if I could help others understand is look at what your customer experience looks like. 
look at what your journey all the journey map for that customer from whether it's from the initial dent whenever the incident happens all the way through to that final repair and you know how many people want to prepay for an advance and everything and i go no i want to see the smile when you're done And, and, and it's burning there's so much negativity in the world is if i can make any interaction we have here through my shop and with my teams that i have if I can make that a positive experience, that goes so far. And, and that's something that's missing is, you know, I'm having a bad day. My shoulder's hurting because I've been pushing for 26 years or something like that. Or my knees are giving out on me, um, looking at from a technician standpoint. And mm-hmm. uh, now there's this freaking Ford 2015 F-150 aluminum. Awful. Yes. Rock hard. In the doors. Lower in the doors. Right through that brace. You have a string of four of those because we've got a lot of trucks in Wisconsin. And it's just like, okay, you know, always putting on that happy face. And the line I always use, it could always be worse. Yep. And, and let's look at it from that customer viewpoint. What can we do to make their day better? Every positive interaction that they have becomes, you know, 10 other people that come in. Our referral business is huge as that result. And, and that's what's really missing across the industry, I feel, from my interactions. Yeah, I and think I'm automo- the automotive industry, well, potentially the world, for one, <laughs> but in the automotive industry, too, I think a lot of people still look at it from, from car sales to, to mechanical maintenance to anything like that. Everyone's just kind of a little bit side-eyed, like they're going to take advantage of me, you know? I think All that's right. true. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And, and the one thing that was really eye-opening for me is when people actually see that you're trying to be genuine and are genuine mm-hmm. is not that just how they open up, but they come to you for other questions and answers. Oh, you know, how many other people would go and, and you know, not say if they needed help moving or something like that, not to that extreme, yeah. but, you know, hey, if they're looking to buy a vehicle, we get a lot of people that swing by the shop, say, hey, can you just take a look over this vehicle? What are your thoughts on it? What does the outside look like? What do you think? Can you go drive around the quick block? Do you see anything that's wrong? Um, we get a lot of widowers that come in, widowees and widowers from male and female both sides, where the significant other had always taken care of their car. And now this is the first time that they have to do something, whether it's getting an oil change. I don't do any oil changes um, or tire rotations, but not yet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll, I'll go buy a Jiffy Lube for that. Um, <laughs> it, it, um, around the corner, um, but they they don't know what to do. They don't know what this process looks like. They don't know what it should cost, and that's part of some of these challenges. And, and when they feel a connection to that, they can trust you to be looking out for their wallet, not your wallet. When if you start making that change as a technician as a business owner it goes tenfold out in a positive way mm. and that's the the widower widowy stuff that's a unique one yeah that's, that's trust one. man that's your customers yeah, trusting you yeah, that's huge. good i'm gonna ask this question because i feel like a lot of people are thinking it when you purchased the business did did you lose any technicians no how um, how <laughs> how i mean um, I, I i'm curious i feel like a lot of people um are worried about selling their business and to a non-pdr technician to be honest with you and um because they 
because they feel like they might not respect them or whatever to understand that like what what they have to do to be well i mean okay there's a lot of there's a lot of egos in the pdr business and yeah. when you're working for somebody you're not making the full ticket your profit has to go into the business or something and i obviously and so i think there's a lot of like oh why should i you know why should i split with you and and this comes from my dad started pdr in 1991 as well so i saw him throughout his career people came people left they started their own businesses and a lot of that happened in the 90s and stuff um in the 2000s when there was nobody doing pdr so they all just they all kind of started their own routes anyway so when selling it and you have pdr technicians how do you sell the business and retain those people do you have any tips for that one i mean having pre-existing relationships with them you know while it wasn't yeah. involved directly in the business at the time but you know growing up in that's it, huge show and, and you know you look at things and um a couple have made the comment is austin you've really changed this business and, and for us and everybody's happy when they're making more money which is positive mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. is seeing the enthusiasm to grow, that's the important side. And too many people look at things as if they're selling a business, you know, from the purchase, the person selling the business, they will try to get as much money as possible for it. Person buying it wants to make sure that it hits that right MPV for that based upon, you know, what did the business do? Because, you know, it's a relationship based business. And, and understanding that it's like, you know, an insurance agency, when they go to sell, when a person has an insurance agency, they're going to sell, you know, the valuations are all over the map because it's mm -hmm. those, all those relationships that they had. Same thing when it comes to our industry today. And it's when you put together a vision and communicate, how many people don't communicate what their visions are for the company? Where are things growing? Where are you, where do you see the direction? Talk about the pains. Talk about the successes. That's that's probably the biggest thing that I could say. And in any that's transaction, huge, that's huge. Yeah, yeah that's in really any transaction, you're always going to have some sort of negativity that may fester mm. or change. And sometimes it might not. They might not be the right culture. They, they might not be that right fit, that right personality. And culture is really important. And, um, you know, there's always a, 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 a to steal a, a one of my mentors in the industry out um, um, in uh, Indiana is there's always a dime, a dime tech, a dime PDR tech. You know, they're always around nickel PDR tech. You can always find somebody to push some sort of dent. But it's when you really start crafting those quarters and silver dollars and helping enable and empowering them. That's where you're truly starting to build that right culture. We got a gentleman that's um, basically since July, he's been working or yeah, mid early July has been working for me. And um, you know, just used to only do R and I and now start pushing. And I, I, I got a wonderful text message last night and where he just went through and just said thank you so much for the not just the opportunity but helping me grow and, 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 and with all the extra damage we looked at a vehicle that dent he said last night on this tiguan door that would have taken me three hours four hours to do and and i would have been intimidated as heck nice big smash through the crease you know a couple inches long comes through and it's like 25 minutes later completed glassed out 
because taking the time to invest in others, that's the important side. So I know I kind of deviate a little bit. No, that's, that's, that is so good. Yeah, one of the mentors I followed, um, and I don't know him personally, but Ed Milet, very, very famous mentor for a lot of people, podcaster, et cetera. Um, two things that he said that I've always thought about, and I took over my dad's business after he passed away um, about a year and a half ago. And these two things I think about a, long, a, a lot. He said to his employees, and he owns a lot of different companies, but his um, his people are, he basically calls it, it's a self-development program with a competition package. So he pays them, but he's also a mentor to them. He's a coach to them. He wants them to win in life. He helps them in their personal life, all that type of stuff. And I think any good business owner, it's not its not just a value exchange of dollars that that can keep people around. Um, and so I think, that, I think that's huge. And the second one is that, um, like you said before, they want to see growth. And I think Ed Milet also says this, if you, you have to have a dream, your dream has to be big enough, Austin, so that all the people that work for you, their dreams can fit inside of that dream. Because if they start dreaming bigger than you, then they're going to go out and do their own thing. And they should, because we're humans and we all have those things. So you have to set that vision and communicate that vision to them. That's big enough so that they can be like, yeah, I'm going to follow this guy. <laughs> Pretty much. That's how I feel about it. Do you agree? That's, with awesome. that? That's so powerful. Uh, yeah. Agree, because it's like a conversation. I just had a very long, lengthy meeting with an insurance company today. Mm -hmm. And um, after the conclusion of this meeting, they asked if I'd want to be a DRP for PDR. And, and <laughs> what? Yes. Um, um, and because of the approach the, to taking a look across the business, everything I've talked about, and they went through and said, you know, we were looking for a partner that's actually, I mean, they've been burned. I mean, it's a large mm. insurance company. They've been burned a lot of times. There's a lot of people. I mean, a storm we had last year, we were chuckling about that um, when we got hit here in Wisconsin pretty good, um, of ghosting panels. And we had oh, some right. documented cases across this and where vehicle comes in, they're at $15,000, $16,000. I can't get more than $9,000 on this car because of what's fair um, for for the, uh, the insured, what's fair for the technician fixing the work making sure that all the recovered or the appropriate repair procedures, everything's being followed. But the other side of it was, you know, just there's no dance on the damn bedside. Why put damage there? Yeah. Yeah. And, and having yeah. that Because you get a thousand dollars. Yeah. That's and, the reason, obviously. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so it makes up for those other cars, but you know, you look at the car in total, what's right what's right for you as an owner how it means i don't know how some people slept last year uh, after some of the stuff that we saw mm -hmm. that's every hailstorm every hailstorm happens and so that's where this the conversation from the insurance company they went and and we talked about the vision that what's work what i'm setting up here in wisconsin and and as this growth and actually talked about a little bit of a uh, an app an app that i'm working on building for managing um from from managing a customer experience for hailstorms, specifically mm -hmm. from a wholesale perspective and a retail perspective, because looking at it that, and there's like, oh, we wanna work with you more. We wanna work with you more, not just the reputation you guys built, the customers that you took care of for us on a retail basis, they sent us um, letters saying how wonderful of the time they had. And, and we had some very severe damage where 
you know, from roofs that were beat to heck for replacement, you know, cars were just pelted and they just had such a positive experience, just wanted to work. And, and I know everybody says, you know, the insurance companies can be the big bad wolf and, you know, you got to keep them at bay. Well, when you find the right way to talk and communicate, they don't want to get in the middle between a shop and the customer. No, and, no. and, and too many times you hear these stories, you read some of these things or hear across some of the podcasts, you know, screw every insurance company. But when you take a look at it from the step back and from an owner as a business owner, it's like, how can we enable and enhance a working relationship? And, and, and it's not just whose pocketbook is being lined. And when you take a look at it from a customer perspective, that's what they care about care about so that's and so i shared this story with my team tonight and they're like well finally they're going to start communicating but then you could see the joy in their face when they realize hey this is another part of this circle growing bigger this vision for the company you know i'm just we're just we're just a small market here in wisconsin and just about putting together that right vision is important and as we talk about sharing that vision you know i could have kept that to myself and um you know let it be a surprise when it starts coming through but you know i'd rather share in the joys share in the losses mm -hmm. share in the joys yep yeah it's good yeah that's killer dude and i think i mean it's all there, there's several people i know throughout the industry i don't need to name names but um who i who, who are trying to get away from being just only that technician i'm one of them for sure try to get away be only technician to be that oh, that business owner so mm -hmm. that conversations like that can happen right and i think that's one of the biggest things like you you know ryan said earlier like we just i'll get bring in the debt 200 bucks that's cool i can do that in 15 minutes right you can't do that really so and i think there's a there's there's uh a power in that or there is a power if you use it that way like you can't fix the debt great you spend your time on learning how to estimate properly um building relationships with dealerships mm -hmm. talking to insurance companies quoting vehicles washing cars sometimes <laughs> if you have yep. to apparently yep. um all that type of stuff and i think that's one of the most important things that people forget that if you really want to build a business which ryan and i have talked about a lot we're adding services we're becoming that place where people come to you and say hey i have a car with a question that's it doesn't matter mm -hmm. the question it doesn't have to be pdr related and they just come to you for that and if you want to do that you got to get out of you got to build to the point to where you either you hire somebody to kind of manage the show for you or you become the owner that has those conversations like austin and so i think um just realizing that i think admitting that to yourself hey if i want to build a business i can't just fix dents all day long if you want to fix dents all day long and make multiple six figures a year fantastic you have a really right. good job and the day you're done fixing dents the day the job ends and that's fine nothing wrong with that my dad was that guy and he had a great life. There's no doubt about it. But if you want to build a business and you listen to these podcasts and hear us adding restore effects and ceramic coats and blah, 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 you want to build a business, there becomes a point to where you have to actually work on the business and not fix dents. You agree? And yes. And you have to yeah. learn how to enable and empower others. Yeah, you know, um, yeah. the, the, and I've had a really good growth and development here the last six months. Mm -hmm. And and it's where I, I brought in an office manager um, and what they've been able to do. And when I get kicked out of, you know, having my own conversations, like I got this, Austin. Is that and, my girl? That's a girl. That's a girl. That's a girl. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and, and, and so 
we'll probably should talk about how we actually first met Ryan at some point sure. here. Yeah, we can. <laughs> um, but it's recognizing that is is I'm not working in the business, working on the business, and and everything that's enabled me to do everything from a, a marketing standpoint, all the the settings we talk about the vision setting today, and it, it, it's a it's a shift. And I'm not a control freak or anything like that. Or Mike, I try not to be a micromanager. Mm-hmm. And, and and so I realized, and I and even especially the last three months for me is mm-hmm. is been trying to grow, keep releasing, and, and and from some even estimating some things as keep training, you know, right in CCC, just power and just enabling that power. It it, it it's a, such a different mindset. It took me. About three months ago, when the phone rings, I'm not sitting there reaching for my phone and answering it. When the office phone rings, it took me it took me a while to get there. Yeah, and you're not That's jumping huge. from fire to fire. And, yeah. and you know, we look at it, why why do some of these big companies succeed? You know, Boeing, Apple, Amazon. It's because you know that that delegation and, and as you're trying to you know put together what are those right processes, those right workflows, or that right mm-hmm. systems, enabling others. You know, Tim Cook from Apple, he's not sitting there knowing exactly what's happening in some specific design software glitch or something that's going on. Now, Elon Musk might be something else. He might be <laughs> right, <laughs> right down there in the weeds. Dude knows everything, yeah. Yeah, but it's just that enabling and empowering others. And I'm still working mm-hmm. on it. There's things I still struggle with. But, yeah. you know, with that, and the thing I'm trying to get better at is giving recognition and praise. Yeah. And how many times, you know, we're all still human, whether it's an add a girl, add a boy, great job. Thank you for handling that. Um, you made the right decision uh, on that. It's empowerful. And, and, and it, it warms my heart. It warms other people's heart. It just kind of sounds kind of fruity to say that. Oh, it's awesome. It's, 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 it's sounded like you're yeah. trying to move to California, Austin, or what? <laughs> nah. Come on, man. I don't, I don't um, think I can no, put my out there. <laughs> no, I'm just messing with you. But no, I think that's huge. I think I think you have to be. I think you, as a business owner, have to have to have the humility to do that to empower and to ha- give other people that power. Honestly, um, I talked to Matt Moore a while back and he told me something that I've thought about. I mean, I've talked to Matt Moore fairly often, but he told me something that he knows his weaknesses so well that he'll tell his managers his weaknesses. So hopefully it's okay if I share this, I'm sure it's fine. But he, um, he knows that when, when he gets stressed out, he goes into micromanage things sometimes. So he basically said, Hey, this is when I get, when I get in a spot where I'm nervous or scared or money's not coming in, whatever the reasons why a business owner gets stressed out and he starts to micromanage, um, his managers have to look at him and say, Hey, like you hired me it. for this, like, let right, me do my shit. And you know, he's like, you're, you know, so understanding your weaknesses and telling the people that you're, you're empowering the people that work for you to tell you to back the fuck off so that they can do their job. And he's Correct. like, well, you're right. You know, and that's hard. That's like, that's hard to do. Like it's, that takes a lot of humility to be like, I hired you for this job because you're literally better at it than I am. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it. <laughs> and if I try to step on your toes, tell me to back off. It is. And, and so last week um, I'm out, I'm in Bellingham, Washington for training um, with, which we'll um, get to for restore effects training for restore effects training. Yeah. And to be gone from the shop, I was gone seven days, Sunday to Saturday. 
and uh, my uh, lead my lead person, my lead technician, who's going to eventually be he'll be running that entire division uh, of the business. And, and with the whole team, we already got a, uh, we're building out an org chart for this and whatnot. And to be gone from the shop and, you know, to have to not worry about things, you know, you look at Chicago got hammered with hail and you're starting to freak out inside and say, hey, that could be coming to Wisconsin. Do I jump on a plane? What's going to happen? And or north, north, a couple hours got hit with hail. You know, we're going to eventually get the trickle down. Those customers sitting at O'Hare Airport, they're going to be coming in by me. And you go and you're like, I don't need to jump on an airplane. The team has us. They they got their they got their processes down. They're they're confident in things, and they're ready to make decisions in the right way, knowing the customer perspective. That was huge. And and I I sent a couple of uh, very personal emails last week that I just said thank you, like just mm. it it I couldn't have done it nine months ago, a year ago, or two years ago. I couldn't be gone for a week like that. And again, it's that recognition. Well, it's good that you have your team and your 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 whole team understands that you, what you're what you were doing in Bellingham was enabling the growth of everybody in your company, right? Yep. That's something me and Matt Moore talked about a lot was make not making, getting your employees, everybody around you to understand that you're hiring them for a job to give you the business owner the opportunity to create the growth for them to be able to move around in the company if need be um and that's good that you're actually able to do that without struggle right we all i struggle with it every time i leave right yeah you want to give them that vision i i think the one of the biggest problems that people do across all industries especially this industry they hire one or two techs and then they think they don't have to do anything yeah oh, they're like one. cool making money, making 30, 40% off each person. And I'm just going to like take Fridays off and go golf more, blah, blah, blah. And like, it makes it not last that long. And I respect the hell out of my dad. And I, and I appreciate the life that he helped me build by me doing this. But I think that was one of his things is that when he got good with the, all the technicians, he, he backed off. He didn't spend the time to build that vision so that all of them looked at him like, I need to stay with him because he's going to take me where I want to go. You know what I mean? Right, and that's right. a lesson that he gave me by him not doing that. And he had a whole different life growing up. So he, he made a success out of a dirt poor existence that he had as a child. However, looking at that, you can't just hire those people. And now you're like, Austin, you got five employees and they make X dollars per month or whatever. So like, I'm cool. Like I'm a business owner. Like I'm, I'm good. Like I just make five grand, 10 grand a month without doing anything. Like, you can do that for a little bit, but if you don't create that vision, communicate that it, they don't want to stay. They don't, they don't have right. a reason to be there. Is that yeah. right? Yeah. hundred percent. And I'm just looking, I got, if I have it handy here, I keep this chart and, and basically if I would draw it on a whiteboard is yeah. you get from a, and I'll just kind of do it in the map. You know, you got yeah, that yeah. typical mountain, you see that graphic yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's across the pages. Yeah, yeah, it's like a bell graph, okay. but it's, they, got, they got it. They got a mountain. I'll I'll send you the visual. Of okay, it. cool. But and it's where you're at in this journey of your business, and what you just described is a lot of people. They end up on this downward spiral. They're happy. They're content. They don't Bad, want to make changes. Happy, yep, yeah. yep. And and that's when those issues occur. So whatever you can do 
to keep staying on that left side of that mountain as you're trying to keep growing and, and keep building. And, you know, you can you can get to that peak. You know, we got to that peak in the, in the dents. We really did. So now it's like, okay, I don't want to end up on this downward side of this mountain and, and, and become stagnant. And, you know, that's what happens to a lot of people. And, and from a technician's owners, a lot of businesses. But now is, okay, now what's the next thing we can do to bring us back to the left side and keep growing? And that's where that vision setting comes into play. And, and that's where it's important because if you're not learning, you're you're failing. And, and if you're not trying to figure out what problem can I solve, you're failing. Mm-hmm. And, and and it sounds kind of deep, but that's what brings success. It's not it's not success whether it's a monetary success, you know, personal success, you know, family success, whatever that success might look like. It's you know being able to just keep assisting others with that customer perspective. It sounds kind of great again, a little corny, well, a little bit good. different. You don't it's hear not... technicians talking things like that, mm-hmm. but I'll be you know and if. People reach out, ask what I mean. That happy to talk through, and yeah, you don't hear technicians talking like that. You know who talks like that? Business owners. Uh (laughs) That's what the good thing about the restore effects. That's the whole point we're trying to get across because we have a lot of Mm -hmm. different people. um, Whether it's people who own a paint correction business or an interior business or a dent business, they're they're getting into restore effects. And this mm-hmm. is the type of business that we're trying to make people not make people, but give people to understand that you cannot work in this business, but you're going to have to work on it constantly. Mm-hmm. Yep. So this and, is all powerful. And, and, and that's and you know we, if we talk about restore effects, it's going to be new. It, it's going to be unheard of in the marketplace. And mm-hmm. and when I, I was asking a lot of very pointed questions last week, um, <laughs> and, 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 and I asked a lot of questions and just looking at things differently in the first half day, like, well, we don't need to go meet during the lunch hour because we already covered all the, the things I would talk to you about. <laughs> and you're asking me and now I'm starting to think about what I need to do differently. Uh-huh. <laughs> and um, and I haven't even talked about marketing yet, um, but it's going to be such an awareness campaign, you know, everybody could see those Instagram before and afters, you know, PCR paintless clear coat restoration or repair. It depends on, you know, it's kind of like paintless dent repair, PDR. Yeah, removal. I got another three, three letter acronym that you don't know what that R is supposed to be. What it's right. supposed to be. <laughs> and, right. and when you think about it like that is how do we do this education? Because even today, how many people actually know that painless dent repair exists? How many people know? How many people know that? Yeah. How how many people know you can come to to a a retail facility and have it taken care of? You don't need to go to a dealership. And how many people still need to say, "Hey, I got to go back to my dealership, take care of things. I got to go to that body shop." And and you know, we talked about the services. The one thing we're also getting into is a bit more some of those smart repairs. And, and, you know, those, those night, those jobs that pushing the boundaries on the PDR smash big hits, home runs with those. But then, you know, we have to replace the fender because it's tacoed. <laughs> no other way, mm-hmm. but Hey, that deer hit, you know, Wisconsin, we got a lot of deer hits everywhere. Now tumbled down the side of the door. Now we're able to take care of that and, and, and to get those combo works, working with our partner body shops, taking care of all that. And, and now 
they're like, hey, I'm not going to have to go when these guys are actually going to be fair. It's not going to be intimidating. And how many dealerships are intimidating? Body shops are intimidating because they're always got, they got a bad reputation. And as people start to raise awareness as, you know, paint PDR, hey, it's an option for more than just what they might have. Dent clinic is not just a, we're not just, you know, just dents. So you think about now I got a branding thing I got to start thinking about too. You need to be the auto clinic. Yeah, no, because I'm not auto, auto spa. Yeah, no, <laughs> auto spa. I feel is like too is is too overused now, in terms of of terms. I'm looking. I've got a, I got a whole list of things I've been exploring, especially with as I keep building out these pillars of this business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but you start and back to the restore effects now with PCR. You know, I'm thinking about okay, what did we do in the mid and early '90s? How did we raise this awareness? I mean, we had across <laughs> our this okay location um we had we were the top franchisee for many many years when we were part yeah. of a franchise and mm -hmm. there's a reason we went from a retail perspective so with restore effects you know everybody when i first started talking i was calling around and i called you gentlemen and you know everybody's like wholesale 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 i'm looking at this differently is how can i do this from a retail perspective and get the deal the wholesale accounts to buy in based upon this retail presence. And that's a different way of approaching it, I mm -hmm, feel like. Because mm -hmm. um, we all know the retail market's different. They're picky. It's going to be different than the wholesale. I mean, you could uh, schmuck some stuff on and spend three hours on a car and be done. But then even my technician, he's looking at it, he's like, you know, I'm going to spend that extra hour because now I don't have to go do that rework, even if it's a wholesale car. Spend that little extra time you're not, you're not going to have a, a couple hours of rework the next day. And it, it is bringing that from a retail perspective and it's giving that same quality while it's retail or wholesale. And that's where the restore effects, I think, bringing this awareness, how is this going to work? But I'm looking at everything as I'm putting down my marketing plans from this retail perspective outwards. And I can't wait to see what the next uh, couple months is going to bring. I'm waiting for our, for, for our kit to arrive. I wish we would have ordered it on the Monday to have it this, shipped. Uh, what was your first experience when you, I know we, me and you talked about restore effects and you've talked to quite a few people about it, but what was your first experience when you saw the first panel done? So that's a good question. I, I, I had to pick uh, up it, the jaw off the ground. First right. of all. Um, and, and then me with my pickiness, I'm like, okay, you know, then you start saying, okay, here's some of the flaws. What can we do differently? Right away, I was like, what do we need to do differently in our prep work to for that 80, 90% of all that work to make sure that last 10% goes goes right? And but my jaw hit the ground. Uh -huh. And I took a couple of photos. I sent it to a couple of my dealership uh buddies and, and friends, and they're like, sign me up, we're sold. So so just two messages, and yesterday I sold a dealership on it as well. And um, actually, I sold them on the full the full end to end recon. Um, they're like, yeah, Talk we're about done that a little bit too. <laughs> um, can't give all the secrets out yet. I um, <laughs> um, people, we got to get them to the last uh, twenty minutes of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they haven't hung up yet. Um, but my jaw hit the ground, Ryan, and I said, "This is truly going to be a game changer." Now I'm still waiting to see, you know, how long is this actually going to last? You know, that's the thing that I'm still 
trying to I have I have a I have a car that's in my shop right now that we did it the, it was one of the first demos that we did for like a family friend when we first got back so that was what two and a half three years ago um and this thing looks phenomenal 2014 uh f-150 and it looks phenomenal and it sat outside its entire life yep and so that's it, it's I got I got cars that are over a year a year and a half old now too, and just friends and that's what we did first. We just all friends and family. Hey, yeah. let me see if this works. Free your chronic next shit. It's gonna look like less shit, you know, because we couldn't like promise anything necessarily. Like you know, right. we knew we could do it, but and there I I see them all the time. Cars are great. I mean, it's pretty. I mean, they're not perfect anymore because they just take them back to the car wash again and stuff. But <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that and that's where you just hit a, a really good point. So yeah. now I'm working on I'm working on an actual you know you get your aftercare instructions. I'm sure, actually yeah. working on all, a thing of literature and, and from the mm -hmm. other the articles that I have published out there in a couple of different magazines, and, and actually putting together you know here's how you should take care of your car to make it last, and, and from a non-selling perspective, yes. just a value yeah. add, and, and you know people need to hear things seven, eight, nine times until it actually sticks. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, and that's where I'm taking a look at this is, you know, every customer that's going to come in for a dent repair is going to get this package. And it's just a helpful thing. It's going to cost me, you know, to have this folder put together and not just a, not just a trifold brochure. I'm actually going to put together a folder. And some of them I might, I'm even thinking about putting together little, like a little goodie bag, like with micro samples of product, things that they could use and take care of. Just as an mm -hmm. added value to mm -hmm. for, for people to feel like get extra value. Now you take that stuff from like the skincare hair community mm -hmm. that my wife, every time my wife goes and gets her hair done, she also leaves with the next coolest thing that she can yeah. try on her face or, her, you know, yep. whatever. And I'm like, it's freaking brilliant. Honestly. Yeah. It, it, yeah. And that's, I'm taking a look at this, you know, people, this is again, it's the second largest purchase that they have. And, and I'm in an, mm -hmm. I'm in an affluent area. I won't lie about anything that for my local yeah. market for immediate local market, but you know, the thing that's really changed for me and we've really seen, I mean, um, you know, we used to be predominantly older male clientele coming in. Now we're seeing the shift. I got a younger crowd that comes in, you know, I'd say younger. Now I'm kind of starting to feel old. Some days <laughs> uh, people come through, but you know, a, a, a lot more uh, female clientele. And, and it's and as we're making the shift, and as we start looking across my advertising or my marketing avatars, and how is this messaging connection with them? I'm going to see how is this going to continue to grow. And now I got something else for these older vehicles that's going to bring somebody in. And I'm looking at this, you know, they're going to take care of the interior. So I'm going to take care of any of the interior recon that we need to take care of. Now, um, you know, we got a couple of dents we're going to take care of. Hey, we're going to restore FX this vehicle. Hey, let's, once that's done, and this thing I got to learn a little bit is how long is it going to take till I can do like a, a partial front clear bra on a vehicle after it's been restored to FX? That's something I got to learn here and, and experiment with. But it's like, okay, now we're, we're, we're selling this value because people, you know, they're going to have these vehicles hopefully paid off. They want to make, keep it looking nice. They want to uh, be proud of the second largest purchase that they have. So, you know, we're just trying to save people sure. money, yeah. save people money mm -hmm. long, so we can keep investing in this country. Yeah, there's there's a lot of people that um, literally buy new cars because they hate the way their car looks. I was talking to yeah. someone about that earlier All the time. today. Yeah, she has an old, older car. She, she doesn't really worry about it, but she, you know, there's a lot of people that like 
want their car to look nicer and so like i'm just gonna buy another one and they'll pay thirty-five thousand dollars and forty-five thousand dollars after interest and all that stuff i'm like if you just put like two thousand dollars into this car you would be great you know yeah. it would be fixing dents do restore effects fix the windshield ship, do some touch sooner or later we're, we're going to be fixing so many retail cars that the dealership trade-ins aren't going to have any dents on them they're going to be perfect right. damn right <laughs> Damn right. No, that's my favorite though. I'm at my my dealers around here. When people are trading in vehicles, they're referring them right to us. And before, just why don't you clean this all up before they come in? So that's yeah. a that's a unique one. That's and awesome. That's I like fascinating. that. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they'd rather the dealership. They'd ra- the dealership's gonna spend less money, right, on recon. Yeah, they'd rather buy the front lot ready, like done. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Because like, you get a lot of them that'll get a trade in, and they can sell that thing the next day. You know, like if yep. it's good to go, they they do the mm-hmm. the PDI on it. They'll sell it next Small day. Small and no safety. Yeah, yeah. Um, which my uh my sell my car uh packages we put together on things. <laughs> so nice. Yeah, those those awesome. are the fun. Those are the fun ones. Nice. Um, tell us what you can about being basically end to end reconditioning for a dealership. So. Because you and I, when you and I talked, you really opened my eyes about about how you're trying to do that, and I think yep. it's pretty cool. Yep. Um, first thing, I got to buy a big warehouse. Um, yeah. At least a warehouse. Trying to find one right now is kind of tough. Yeah. Um. So it, it, it's I and that's starting to grow, and it's I it's going to take off because one, I mean, those relationships that we all have built with the dealerships, you know, they still have those with, you know, eight other sublets out there, you know, taking care of this guy comes on Tuesday, this guy comes on Wednesday, you know, and how long does it take a dealership to have a vehicle ready to sell? If it's not clean, if they're buying some at auction, you know, they get that five-year-old Mazda that needs to be cleaned up. And as you start walking through and you start making these changes, you know, dealerships have, they, you know, it costs some time, it costs some money, it costs them the people side of things, it costs yeah, them the, the, the answer. The answer is several weeks, right? Correct. I thought you were gonna say it. the answer is several weeks from several, car, yeah, several drop, weeks. car drops to like all fully reconditioned, correct? And, um, and, and these dealerships, and, and as I've been approaching this, as we're heading down this path, and uh, <clears throat> their eyes are opened. I had a, a, a dealership principal tell me, I will pay you a premium to make this happen for me. And if you can have these, if you can really decrease the amount of time it's going to take to have these frontline ready, the time that you're going to save me in my um, in my interest payments on this vehicle that I can't sell, right? that's worth, you know, several hundred, you know, more than $500 premium to have that happen. And um, then, you know, you start, then you start looking at it We're you know, we're talking about we're in auto recon and end to end recon, but you get, you can't do it all yourself. And and that's why you still got to have your specialists. And as I'm building out this roster uh, of specialists across, you know, that's what they're good at interiors. You know, we got the den side covered, you know, there's a couple other things and add on restore effects and, you start looking at this a little bit differently and you realize, Hey, this could actually work. And this is working. And, and you start getting this, this, this vision and you, as you keep communicating and empowering your team with this vision, they just see like, Hey, we're going to make this happen. And the dealerships are like, 
when can you get to, when can you fall, fully get this fully covered well mm -hmm. i need to find this building to make this happen right. and and fully to take it to really scale it and the challenge is is it can scale too quickly now that's a that's a that's problem so everybody likes to have yep. but no uh, it sucks <laughs> it does but it, 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 it and you know you can manage everything you know with inefficient processes um this important thing is if somebody's looking at doing this is actually what does that process look like what is this flow don't think about it as reconning cars thinking about it as a manufacturing business you know how do you go from a, a, a block of you know iron to a sewing needle what does that look like what does that process look like and if you start thinking about it this way is you realize I, I, you can't have organized chaos and actually creating the flows i don't know around you know, your big on process on things we talked about that a couple of different times but it, it's really start thinking about it not like a technician not like a, a dent tech and, and and you talk and you communicate this to, to the wholesale market they get they start to get it because how many dealerships are just they don't even know what vehicles they have on the lot where things are in stages you know they might have um Oh, I forget what they did or whatever. Yep, yep. Yeah, where things yeah. are at, they got things. Mm -hmm. Well, things they're also ham they're hemorrhaging money, right? Because yeah. you have all their vendors, their recon vendors, destroying them on everything, right? They're writing up every single thing on the parking lot. They don't even know what they're fixing, right? Yep. And that's, that's a nice. challenge. And when you actually go to the dealer, and then you say, like, just look at it from a dent perspective. You know, the wholesale market is challenging when it comes to dents. You know, you got some larger companies that might say $75 a vehicle. And, and if you're able to double that, that's great. Uh -huh. And across, because when you look at it from the quality that you produce on it, dealerships will pay a premium um, for quality. You know, if you can save them from having to paint that entire door, uh, we all know they hate painting reds. Um, it, it, they're, they're, they'll pay a premium for that and you understand they because you know now it's not gonna be tied up for three weeks or four weeks at the mako mm -hmm. for having that door painted to fix right. that they understand understand some of that and you know i think one of the things i i, I see is you know we've talked about this a lot of times ryan sorry to interrupt you i wasn't sure yeah. if it was a break no. um be, being an expert we talk about that a lot with cust with like retail customers you know being an expert understanding the process educating them etc i think it's really important and i've learned this more and more over the last year or two and i and partially from you too but i see that you do that well is that you you are an expert for you to you to be able to go into a dealership um talk to the owner gm gsm whoever it is and talk about how much you know about reconditioning and teach them and show them how this reconditioning process that you created can help them make more money, get the cars done faster and make their customers happier all at the same exact time. And you'll just handle everything and simpler and all that stuff. Then you can mm -hmm. actually, as a, from a business owner, reconditioning business owner to a business owner of a dealership and really show them how you can help them on the B2B side of things. Not as like, Hey, I can fix your dents. Um, you know, hopefully I get a fellow as a car or whatever, but like really show them how you can help them with the reconditioning. And, and you can't do that unless you at least are or close to, and at least perceive yourself as an expert in what you're doing so that you can have that conversation. So, um, and you don't have to be able to fix it. You don't have to be able to do it all either. Like if you're going to do a multi-service <laughs> exhibit, A, 
if you're going to add a multiple service, um, multiple services in your business, you won't be able to do it all. Right. Um, yep. I, I have restore effects. We do windshield chips and touch up and stuff like that. I can do restore effects kind of, I it's been six months. So probably, you know, better be a wholesale car right, type of thing <laughs> at this point. Um, but like the other stuff I can't even do. And so being a business owner and you know, that goes back to the humility and leadership and be able to talk to your guy, like I bring a car in and I'm like, Hey, like, what's your, what's your plan with this? Let's talk about this. Cause I want to know and see if I could change, add, move processes mm -hmm. around or whatever. And I'm leaning on him. Cause like, I can't do it. I don't even know how to do it. Show me what you're going to do. And let's see if I can have a perspective that makes a difference. So all that stuff, I think the whole podcast wrapped up into, into one, um, you got to have all those skills in order to kind of do what you're doing. Clearly you have them. I try just, um, yeah. but, um, just <laughs> stay humble to continue uh -huh. to grow. And, and mm -hmm. I can't be an expert in everything and, and, and keep enabling and empowering others. Mm -hmm. And that's how this growth will continue. That's how, you know, as we add on these additional pillars to the business, continue to grow is that's what's going to be important and and you know the other thing i would probably say not everybody can be a business owner it's stressful yeah, right. as you guys uh -huh. know it, it's stressful you know you're worried about you know what's next payroll look like you know what's what am i going to be able to hit budget um you know too many people are always looking um at everything you know week to week month to month when you start taking a look at what is a year going to look like what do we need to do to, 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 to reach targets, set goals, you know, looking across our KPIs, are we hitting, hitting where things are going is that's different and not everybody is fit out or is cut out for it. And so that's why, so if I was saying to somebody's listening to, Hey, I'm a PDR tech and you know, I want to quit and go do someplace else, go something else is, you know, think about what are you made of as an, as an individual, can you handle that stress? And you know, you're always going to be the last one to get paid and think about the investment and you know there's a lot of there's a lot of people that um just look at it you know well i could spend this as a marketing dollar or i could go to disney world and yeah. and, and it's these trade-offs and, and the biggest thing i could say to everybody is as you continue to reinvest in this business in your business think about is that the really the life you want or you just want a paycheck and be able to go and be able to shut off you never shut off as a business owner and not everybody is cut out to be a business owner and not everybody can set a vision. Everybody, you know, some people could just work for themselves, just doing one niche product, one niche activity, and they can't, you know, they're going to get stressed out if they have multiple different things to manage and go through without having yeah, the right. I say, I think I've said that on a podcast before that I was pushed into owning a business. Like that was my only option. So I was like, I, I fight that battle back and forth on a daily basis, whether I'm meant to own a business or not. Um, obviously, I'm sticking with the owner of the business side, but uh, it's a struggle, man. And I, I can say, listen to Austin when he said that if you're thinking about moving to a different if you're not happy where you're at now working for somebody else, um, really do some soul searching because it's not it's not always what it's cracked up to be. We're we're I, I feel like we create bigger businesses like this, like we're, we're trying to do for everybody else. Right. I mean, yes, it's like we're creating a legacy for ourselves and, and what we leave behind. But I think the biggest legacy that we're trying to portray is what we're building for everybody else. That's going to be here when we're gone. It's not that it's not about the money. Right. No, it's not. It's, no. It's I not. Think if, go ahead. Yeah. 
if you're in that position, my recommendation, Austin said earlier, is I'd communicate. I would talk to the I would talk to the boss first and tell him, hey, look, I'm on I'm unhappy. Here's why I think I should be earning more. Here's the reason why. Here's but with earning more becomes there's different responsibilities. Like you, you here's how I think I can earn more money. This is what I can do for the business to get us there to this point so that I can earn more money, et cetera. Not just pay me more. Right. Of it. So yep. what's that? It's not just paying more. Um, yeah. What it is, it though, is it doesn't because yeah. because now that's, you know, it just attracts from everywhere else. I mean, there's a couple of people I talked with. I mean, they took, you know, they took their percentages down a lot mm -hmm. because, you know, it's whether tickets are getting bigger, you know, as you grow a volume, you know, if you take a volume of 4X, people should be happy. I mean, they are enthusiastic. You know, the day goes faster. You know, they're making four or five, six, ten times more money and, and, and they go. And that's where the growth happens. And that's where if you're a technician, you're in that position where like I'm thinking about leaving is take a look. And if you have those conversations with your leader, your the, the person you're working for, and maybe they just don't have a spark anymore. And how can you help reinvigorate that spark? It is important because not everybody's meant that's to be huge. an owner. Yep, That's huge. Yeah. You can't have. Yeah, that's true. Man, I don't know whether to keep keep working or go work for Austin. This dude's got me pumped up. <laughs> I could use another five more people. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I I, actually, I probably could do ten. I could probably do ten and have them fully burned, um, fully routes across everything. I liked Wisconsin so much that I really wanted to stay, but I mean, we have so much going on, yeah. right? Could have kept yeah, you. Sure. Could have kept you all the way yeah. through December last year. I know. I, know. <laughs> first, I, I still remember the hail was falling, um, the second storm in the two day time period. I call a call a mentor, and I'm like, "All right, I need somebody." We got all these technicians coming into town. I got another, you know, twenty thousand foot square foot warehouse rented and things, and I, I'm going to have this other site. It's going to be run differently, and. Um, I need somebody that I can enable and empower. I think that was probably one of our first conversations we had was yeah. can we just enable and empower you to make things happen and to trust. That was one yeah. of our first conversations, I think. And I know it, was, it, it was, was about a week until we actually met face to face. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I just like got it. I got in the shop and I'm rocking and rolling. And then I had this conversation with you and I was just like, I, I, I was, I was sold on your growth. And I wasn't even going to be part of it, you know, at that point. I mean, I, I played a small role in it um, just being where I was, but I was super pumped up for you and everybody else that, you know, was going to be in your in the future. Yeah. So it was like, man, I want to do whatever I can to make sure this, you know, at the least amount of headaches we can get Austin to have here means he's going to do something else, mm -hmm. you know, better for everybody else. So it, it worked out good. And, and that was the beauty of it is being able to not have to worry about something 45, 47 minutes away from the main shop is yeah. when this when the storm came through i had you know a dozen plus body shops that are very large body shops i said we're abdicating all hail responsibility to you guys is we're going to turn these customers away giving them not just your business card i've had a, a sheet put together and they said just go there they will take care of everything so you think about now you're not having to pay a body shop a, a percentage uh, on something is is they they wanted because their retail presence and the customer service because it's such a hailstorm is such a traumatic event for the customer that 
you know, they knew all the parts challenges. That's the other thing that they were trying to shy away from. Like, hey, who can we buck the responsibility to on that? Yeah. But, um, uh-huh. um, I say that tongue in cheek. Um, as Lisa's not, I'm not looking for Honda hoods anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is, is that's the kind of vision and you build these relationships with. And so I was enabled, I mean, I was able to truly take care of that amount of technicians we had working the amount of retail customers coming through all the body shop volume that was coming through was able to manage that um you know still it was a good learning and growth experience at the time but knowing that i didn't have to worry about uh, the location where had you run and had you set up differently and make things happen that was fun that's awesome yep good stuff dude yeah. well i think we covered it honestly that was wide-ranging obviously um you're a smart dude, Austin. I appreciate it. Just, just, just a good old country boy. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Um, do you have anything to add toward the end of it? Or I think I covered pretty um, much everything I was thinking about. I mean, the biggest thing is, is I would say, you know, we, we, you know, we hardly touched on restore effects actually. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, but to, I mean, it's we it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Restore Effects brought all, I mean, it brought a lot yeah. of us together, right? It did. So, it did. Yeah. Yeah. It, for sure. It, it is the biggest thing that I would say is don't be afraid to ask questions. And, and if you're trying to grow as an individual, is, you know, success isn't built overnight. Rome wasn't built in a day. And just keep learning and growing. I mean, I got to drive from the shop to my house and I listen to a lot of audiobooks now. I used to just be a, listen to the highway and CRSXM kind of guy. And now I'm, I find myself listening more. I'm reading more and I'll have the TV on in the background. And my wife will always go beautiful wife. She'll go, how can you multitask? How are you doing that? I'm like, well, so much just kind of background noise. I mean, I'm reading different articles, staying in tune and don't be afraid to continue your education on things. You know, it's okay to, you know, whether you you're a technician and, you know, start trying to find a hobby, something else that you can grow and be able to enable to give back and help others. Yeah, so that's, that's why we have we have the Masters of Recon Facebook for anybody out there. We understand that a lot of owning the business, if you're just getting into it, is you know we know you're not going to know everything because we don't know it as well. So if you have any questions, you can always reach out on Facebook because we have yeah. tons of people that are very successful. So just reach out and we'll get the answer for any question. Yeah. Yep. And, and, and facebook group yeah yeah, yeah. reach stuff. out reach out to mentors find a mentor if you're out there find mentors, Mul- mul- mentors. yeah multiple. mentors mentors 100 yeah. yep. totally yeah i think that's i mean that's an underutilized thing we could take a tangent on that too i mean um i i coached people for a while i stopped when i when i ended up taking over this business but i think i don't even think you necessarily have to hire a coach because I think there's a lot of good people in this industry that if you can just connect with somebody, I mean, I think mentors are both you and a lot of other people that I have mentor doesn't have to be someone that's like way further ahead than you or knows way more than you or all that type of stuff. I think a lot of times you can be mentors to each other too, to some extent. Um, And so I think just finding those people that you, that you know, that you, that you can connect with on certain things and, Mm -hmm. and uh, going to MTE is super important because you can meet people there and like really, create relationships that you and you can kind of mentor each other um to some extent someone's always going to be a little bit further ahead but um in another aspect of the business the other person might might understand more or have a better um 
uh, awareness or idea about something like that. So um, just be involved. I mean, literally like Facebook yeah. group, Master Recon Facebook group, um, going to MTE, listening to the podcast, reaching out to people from the podcast. Hey, I heard you on the podcast. I wanted to talk about this thing. Hop on a phone call. And you'd be surprised how many people um, you can connect with just by doing that. I mean, that's, that's how, how we all we, we all connected like that, though, right? Everybody yeah. here. So and yeah, I mean, Ryan, I I I was going to start Restore FX. And I reached out to, I think, the Cordons and some other people. And they said, call Ryan Brewer. I called Ryan Brewer. We met for the first time at Mobile Tech Expo in Florida in 22, I think it was. And um, we were just talking, hitting it off. Like, we understand a lot of the same things, all that type of stuff. We got asked to do the podcast together because they thought we had known each other forever. <laughs> I'm like, no, nah, we literally met like an hour ago. Uh, yeah. But you can make those connections. It doesn't, it doesn't take uh, massive amounts of effort. You don't have to hire coaches for thousands of dollars. I don't do any of that stuff. You can definitely create these relationships through using technology. Um, I don't, I think people underutilize that. <laughs> they really do. But yeah. it's important. The first question you should ask somebody is, uh, what mistakes have you made? Because if they say none, don't even, that's not a mentor. Yeah. And right? that's what I was going to bring up is, is, you know, you take a look at this is if we can get the, some of the ego out of some of the things, you know, and I, and, and how many people you hear these stories of when they go to MTE and it's like, I made X number of dollars last year. And, Too many. and, 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 and when you bring that back, you start thinking about there's a reason why your business you do what you have today and, and there creates a lot of animosity i mean you know how many different warring factions are there across the recon space and, and everybody has an animosity over something and you know we start taking this ego out of things um i've been with somebody the last two days that's come working for me after some stuff and they said you know just just keep doing what you're doing and, and, and you know just keep being you know, keep stay humble, you know, to keep this, keep the ego out of the business. You know, everybody's got ego and, you know, sometimes, you know, how you stroke your ego, how you flaunt things and whatnot. You know, if we can take some of that out of this business, how many more people would have a positive experience with PDR, with an interior, with restore effects, with ceramic coating, you know, and there's just so much, that's a whole nother topic. To, to get into, but mm -hmm. just yeah, and, we're gonna have to do this again yeah, later than the and bad ones. Yeah, maybe around here. yeah, after a couple months of you owning Restore Effects, we'll um we'll we'll touch base and find out you know what's the good, what's the bad. Hopefully, it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. Hopefully, I'm floating with work and I'm looking for five more people at that time again for Restore right. Effects. Yep. For yeah. sure. And we're running yep. our assembly line. Yep. That's it, dude. What's good stuff, man. Well, thank you. I appreciate thank it. Thank you guys for thank having me. Thank you very me. much. Glad Thanks, Austin. Yep.